Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. New News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. It is another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, as the entire crew is back and at it, uh, ready to join you again. We've got lots to talk about, of course, uh, all kinds of stuff with the college football getting the reboot. The Big 12 virtual media days uh, were just canceled today. Uh, also, uh, we've been out to some camps, and we're going to talk about that now because the entire uh, panel is joining us. Josh McQuistian, welcome back to the show. Eddie Radosevich and Bob Prisbillo. Uh, guys, how are we doing today? Doing well. Wow, doing what well. a f***ing electric <laughs> start to the show. Well, I never know who's supposed to talk now. in that. Let's not all talk at once. I just didn't want to talk over anybody, but uh, doing well. Uh, I don't have the COVID. Uh, I know somebody that does, and we're thinking about him. Is Governor this- Stitt. I like how somebody calls him somebody. Somebody on my timeline is referring to him as Governor Business, like from the Lego Movie. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I saw that yesterday, and I I chuckled as well. I thought that was pretty funny. Doesn't he have a plan though? Yeah, his plan is personal responsibility. No, I mean go, Lord Business has a plan. Oh, that's true. Movie. Yeah, Lord Taco Business. Tuesday. Lord Business was Kraken. very organized. He did actually control things. Yeah, to, like, to a minute degree. Unlike you governor know, business. Believe it or not, I've watched like a movie a time or two. Well, all the all the fingers should be pointing at me because I have no kids and I've seen that movie multiple times. It's funny. It's awesome. The second one wasn't. The as second good, one the kind of sucked. One, I only watched it one time. Yeah, the first one's incredible. The whole Tiffany Haddish Batman thing was just a little too much for me in the second one. Well, you, you couldn't get there. Yeah, the whole, yeah, the whole Batman Bat- storyline was just weird. Yeah, it, it's more, it's it's much better when he's super aloof, right? Yeah. So anyway, uh, I I I think that the, the reason I'm talking about this is because I have been uh, continuing my pandemic activities, which I had a giant box of all of my GI Joes that my parents had <laughs> lugged off on me, and I spent most of yesterday organizing it. Uh, and I got to tell you, after looking on eBay and checking it out to find out how much stuff this is worth, I was really into G.I. Joe's from the years 1982 to 1983, and then that was it. <laughs> I Did anybody else think Kerry was about to announce his retirement? Like he was like, and I'm done with this. Well, yeah, I, I thought you were going to say, hey, I am sitting on a gold mine or something like that. I mean, it's, I'm sitting I know, on I'm several. I'm, si- I'm sitting on several hundreds, maybe a thousand dollars worth of stuff. 
I'm a thousandaire. I'm out. <laughs> but no, I mean, it is like the, the dividing line is clear. Like, I, I found a website where you could look up where all the toys are and like what you have. Like, r really into it, 1982. 1983, sort of into it. And then guess what? Junior high and girls and music hit. And then me and all my friends were out. So are we thinking like basically fourth and fifth grade is, is the peak? Yes. Yeah. Sixth grade, you started going with girls, going to parties, dances. That's true. That's a good point. I was the same uh, way. I, I don't think there's anybody that didn't grow up in the late 90s in uh, Oklahoma City that did not attend the seventh, eighth grade dances at uh, War Acres Community Center. Ours was the Catholic Church because, you know, we were Baptists. So we had to go. Yeah, we had to go. Had to go we needed the Catholics. The the world. No, we didn't. No, we, I mean, the other Baptists were going too. So yeah, that's, one, that's what I'm saying. We welcome everybody. And I bet a priest gave you a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> Not in Duncan. No. Yeah, that's probably true. That must have been an Oklahoma City thing. Oh, it very much was. No, but I mean,. It is. I don't want to start off the pod like being too profound, but it one thing that it does like with me, it's records and watches. Like Josh has his stuff. I don't know that Eddie does, but like we're just aren't we just collectors? Like we're just born to be collectors as men. I think we just collect shit, man. And it's always random. Like every guy has their stuff that's weird. Like. And it goes, for me, I don't know about you, Carrie, it goes in cycles. Like, yeah. I go, like, tools. I'll get real tool crazy for a while. And I want tools, and then I want some stuff for my car or whatever. Um, but it has, uh, it has a, a, like, there's a basis. There is a foundation of why we get into something. Like, yeah. it's not just haphazard. Like, there's a, re mm -hmm. like, we, we get centrally focused on collecting something. And and it this just shows me all the GI Joe stuff. It shows me I've been doing it since the fourth grade. Oh, uh, were you guys big baseball card guys? Like were, my there dad any of you and my like, brother like, were avid. huge into that, and that's yeah, why I had so much GI Joe shit. Is because they were doing baseball cards while I was doing GI Joe. I mean, I, I, I can, can tell you how many Michael Jordans I have. I have so many Jordan cards. I I, I don't know if they're worth anything. I don't know. I know the card market like crashed. Like 15 years ago. So I don't know if they're worth a, a dang thing now. No, it, it was when I was growing up, you wanted the Don Mattingly rookie card. You wanted oh, yeah. the Mark McGuire. You wanted the Bash Griffey. Brothers. Griffey upper deck. Yeah, Griffey That's upper deck was really big. But, yeah, that whole market just fell. The bottom fell out of it. Because it was – who was the guy for the Mets that was the third baseman that just sucked? That his rookie card was just out of this world? Like, Recently? No, this was like in the... Uh, like Greg, Greg Jeffries? Greg Jeffries is who it was, yes. Really? The, I just don't remember that. I, I, not, I was out of the game. You know, there was there was that new story out there. Uh, I think it was probably about a month ago talking about the guy that he was like, you know, late 90s, passed away, lived in New Jersey, and he was sitting on millions of dollars of mint condition baseball cards. Wow. I, I tweeted the story out and I'm pretty sure we talked about it. We might have even talked about it here on the podcast, but it was like insane. Yep. Like the guy passed away. Nobody knew anything about it. They, op they go up to this guy's attic and he had shoe boxes 
literally full of cards. And I can't remember. There was one particular card, and it's worth like $150,000. And he had seven of them, and they were all in mint condition. Yeah, my dad has that horror story of his mom just took all of his cards, like Mickey out. Mantle rookie cards and all that stuff, and just threw it all away. <laughs> that is the worst. You know, I, I wonder if that's one of those things. I wonder if that's one of those things like, um, you know, every everybody like was at this great game. Like, like if <laughs> if you count the people that were the '71 OU Nebraska game, there was like half a million people. Are in you the calling my dad a liar, you mother? But I, no, and I'm I'm gonna say because like I'm, my dad has had similar conversations. Like, I had 37 Mickey Mantle rookie cards. I don't think that's true, but okay, you know, like what whatever. Um, but I mean, if there were that many Mickey Mantle rookie cards, we we literally could have you know, we each one of us could be a millionaire. So the, I I, no, I think I that's do, how that goes. I take it with a little bit of a grain of salt, but I you know, and it's like, oh, Dad, really? Did you have a Mickey Mantle rookie card? Like, did you have a Ty Cobb in there while you're at it? Like. Yeah, I but, mean, no offense, Mr. Murdoch. I, I really don't, if you're listening. But no, he believes that she threw away some really, really valuable... I mean, if someone threw away my entire baseball card collection, I would think... I mean, they, obviously, I had a friend that passed away, uh, and his wife was like, here here are his his baseball cards. I want you to have it. And it was nothing but random Houston Astros <laughs> players from the 70s that were worth nothing. <laughs> And I can't like that's one of those things that's still in my closet. I don't want to throw them away and be disrespectful, but they're worthless baseball cards. They were only worth anything to him. And here's the prize of his collection, the oil can boy. I I, I was just obsessed with Kenny Lofton. I can't believe how many Kenny Lofton cards I that I have. Oh wow. (laughs) They would be worth something. See, I've I've noticed that too. There are those G.I. Joe people I've I've been going on these forums trying to figure out values. Like there, there's the collector that wants to get everything that was released, like in 1983, and then there are the collectors that want to that want to uh, collect every single figure, single person wise that was made in 1982. Like they have 700 of the same, uh, like Snake Eyes, for instance. That's a GI Joe. Like they have. Just a, they have a shelf full of just those, and I'm I don't understand that personality, but those people do exist. And that seems like a lot. Seems like a lot. That, that, the seven hundred of the snake eyes, like I feel like you might want to talk to somebody. Like you, you, you like go 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 see somebody. Well, I'm like exaggerating, that. but I'm at least fifty. No, no, like, I, but yeah, you know. but what more than five is okay? Like something, like yeah, a backup or two maybe. If you yeah, have three sure. of some, like this is my mint. Uh, and this is my backup mint, and then this third one's not as good as the first two, but I have it just in case. Hey, I can relate to that. The girls' favorite like stuffed animals that they sleep with, we have three of each. <laughs> like we don't f- around. Like we will not lose. If if one gets missed, we are gonna find it, and we'll have a backup ready to go. Well, what's the penguin from Friends? Hug, see my good time penguin pal, or whatever. <laughs> I don't remember that. Like at all. when when Ross and Rachel have their kid, it wants Joey's penguin, and then Joey gets really jealous, and he tries to go and buy another oh, penguin. That's right. Uh, and then and then well, she doesn't I, like I the she likes the original penguin. She doesn't like the one that Joey bought, so he gets pissed it's, again. 
Josh just took away the plot to Toy Story Three because if they would have had more lots, uh, more lots of bears, then mm-hmm. ne- never ever would have happened. God, look what happened! That poor stuffed animal damn near killed Woody and Buzz. I mean, th- things you know when keeping it real goes wrong. All right, enough uh, collection talk. Uh, let's get down to now. We're now. Have we just minimized what recruiting means now? Isn't recruiting kind of along the same lines? People uh, are just I, collecting prospects. I think stockpiling five stars is a lot more cooler <laughs> than stockpiling the 1982 G.I. Joe edition of uh, whatever. Uh, my Larry Zonka card was primo, pal. Thanks. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we did have a camp, and it was a good camp uh, run by Osso Pogai uh, over at Mustang. And, and Bob and Eddie, you went. And Bob, I'll start with you, just kind of. Uh, your impressions of, of what you saw, what was this? God, was this Monday, right? Monday evening? Yeah, Monday night. Really didn't know what to expect going in, but well-organized camp, a lot of fun. And I know, you know, Josh got to see a lot of these same guys when he went on his tour, you know, two, three weeks back. So it was good to finally get a taste, I think, of that 2023 class. So I think, you know, we – we go and we'll highlight some of those 2021 and some of those 2022 kids. And I get maybe they're not going to be recruited by OU so people can get turned, turned off. But the 2023 class and that, that trio that we're just going to keep on talking about, Jacoby Johnson at Mustang, Parker Andrews at Norman North, and Steel Wassel at Choctaw. Good to see them in person, get an idea of why they're so highly touted at uh, at this point and really when you look at all three of them just real knowing they have so much more room to grow that's what you love to see and instead of they're not maxing out as sophomores and then hoping they can stay at that level these guys are going to be uh, players that will continue to be on the rise and have a lot more to add to their game with each additional year yeah and I, I would just add that you know I, I was I had pretty high expectations going in uh, to see what Jacoby Johnson was going to look like. And I think he surpassed those and then some possibly uh, just with as far as the way that he is built physically and uh, just a, a high level player thinking that uh, he's only going into his uh, what sophomore season. So uh, it, it's going to be fun to watch him play here over the next three years in, uh, in Mustang. And then I was kind of excited just to see some of the guys that, that uh, Josh had seen during the OK preps tour, as far as uh, the Angela Rankins kid from Santa Fe, I think he's a very intriguing kid in the 21 class, and uh, as well as uh, Bryce and Donovan Stevens. I thought both of them uh, performed uh, decently well on uh, Monday night. So there's a there's a lot of talent in the state of Oklahoma right now, it feels like, or certainly more so than there has been in, in recent years. And I don't know, that's not really saying anything bad about the, re- the, the last couple of years, but I think the future is very, very bright. And, Eddie, I know there was a, a QB you were impressed with besides Steel Wassel, right? Yeah, Ben Harris, the kid from Carl Albert, I thought played really well on uh, Monday. And, you know, I think it's probably pretty obvious why he's been starting for uh, a school like Carl Albert since he was a freshman. So that kind of put two and two together when I figured out who he was. Another guy that, uh, you know, I think Bob and Josh have talked about quite a bit. Carson May has a freaking cannon of an arm. Uh, I I thought that he's going to be somebody that puts up massive, massive numbers I would imagine for uh, Jones here over the next two years. Yeah, if we get yeah. to see some football, hopefully. Sure. <laughs> and s- sticking with that 2022 class, 
my first chance to see Chris McClellan, defensive lineman from Tulsa Edison, that guy passed the eye test. That was someone you've sort of heard about the last year or two because of Savion Morrison. You're like, well, they got this defensive lineman that's really on the same sort of path. Getting to watch him without pads and seeing how big he is, you sort of wonder, you know, how much bigger he can be once he gets into a weight room and things of that nature. And he's definitely not, you know, so there's some guys where you think, okay, they're a uh, group of five level, they're power five level. If McClellan can keep progressing, I don't see any reason why OU wouldn't pursue him, at least initially, to kind of see what type of player he starts to really become in the next year. Yeah, and, you know, the, the one thing that I would add, and I'm sure that everybody's checked out the videos of the guys that we put up there, whether it be Kay McConnell or Luke McAdoo, uh, Parker Andrews, that offensive line, defensive line group, was it was fun to watch them, but there's only so much they can do. So the video doesn't really, like, and, and some of the one-on-one stuff, uh, it was basically like two defensive linemen going up against each other, one of them flipping over and playing offensive tackle or offensive line to get reps in. So, it's hard to take a whole lot away from what you saw. And, uh, you know, the Chris McClellan actually had a little bit of an eye injury. And so we weren't able to see him go uh, full throttle in the one-on-one uh, stuff. But just seeing him up close and seeing him physically, uh, you know, I, I think all of those guys are very capable of playing Division One football. It'd be interesting to see uh, where they end up. And, you know, I, I, I was particularly excited to see, uh, I think Luke McIndoo, he will be a guy that, will be productive at wherever he goes. He's the son of uh, the OSU tight ends, H-backs, or Cowboys coach, Cowboy backs coach up in Stillwater. So, um, you know, obviously kind of fits the bill of a coach's kid, and I think he'll have a really good career somewhere. Now, uh, there's more stuff happening uh, in, in, in terms of the camp circuit uh, scheduled right now for Sunday in Durant. Um uh, a camp going on that I know you guys are, are planning on being a part of. Uh, Bob, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on there? Yeah, you know, this is – it kind of came out of the blue. I don't know if you knew about it, Josh. And I just found out about it last week when kids started to tweet the pictures out that they were invited to this un, this Under Armour camp, basically, like Future 50, however ESPN brands it now. And it's just – basically, it's a camp that you can go to to try to get to the – under Armour game and with Durant just being like an hour away from Dallas, you expect to have a strong North Texas contingent there to go along with all the kids in the uh, state. So we don't have a finalized roster yet. We're really hoping to have one, you know, by time Friday, Saturday comes around, but just based on social media here and some of the kids that are going to be there, it feels like it'll be a very, worthwhile day and i'll say this it's going to be a long day the way they're break they're they're breaking it up it's going to start like at 8 30 and it's going to end like past six o'clock at night to kind of just give the position times their own little slot and then you kind of move on to the next which which means you're never going to miss anything it just makes for a really long day hey josh let me ask you I, we've we've all now seen uh, jacoby johnson just as far as where he is and how young he is is it too far to project that not only could he be the number one player in that 2023 class? And I'm excited. I hope Pearson's there on Sunday, but like rivals hundred. I mean, would that be disappointing if he wasn't in there? I know it's pretty far off in projecting, but I mean, he just seems different than other guys that we've seen. 
Yeah, and you know, Eddie, you're right. I mean, it, it's so tough to get pinned down that early on or this early on. But I'm I'm with you. I mean, to me, if he's not a 100 guy, I think that is a little disappointing. I, I think, um, you know, I'm not really like in him. It's just not what you had kind of thought he could become. Uh, I, you know, he, you guys saw him now. I mean, he's six two plus, well put together. He's not a big, you know, stringy kid like you'd kind of think for a basketball player. He's got a big, solid frame. So I don't know, um, you know, what could really hold him back short of maybe him saying, oh, I I do want to focus on basketball or any of these things. But he is a guy that just has a world of potential. And and just to answer, Eddie, uh, uh, Morgan Pearson is one of those kids that has tweeted the picture about him being there on Sunday. 2023 prospect from Plainview who's just as big in baseball as he is in football. And that's kind of another thing we're starting to see with Jacoby Johnson already has the OU offer in football and basketball. Pearson already has the OU baseball offer. Seeing just that two-sport mentality, it felt like maybe a, after a while it started to go away, the specialization started to take over. I feel like we're starting to trend more back toward, you know what, it's okay to play two or three sports, even if you're not going to play all, all of them when you get to the next level. Yeah, look at Mario Williams, uh, Nathan Rollins-Kabonga. I mean, there's plenty of guys already, you know, in some of those upper classes that are that way. But you're right, Bobby. You, you do see more of a pattern of it, even of of the elite guys, where it's not so specialized. Well, and even you though it's want- even though it might just be a, a you know a sales pitch, a recruiting point. Oh, you can at least point to the fact: Hey, we had a football player who was actually drafted in both sports. So yeah, at Oklahoma, I- if you come here. That possibility exists. How many other schools can 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 say and, and not only drafted uh, in two sports, but drafted in the first round in two different sports? I don't think well, it's a coincidence. You- I I really don't. I think that is something that they are actively uh, using as a recruiting pitch. And why not? I mean, there's a ton of people that are, and especially the kids that they're recruiting right now, that obviously look up to Kyler Murray and uh, kind of grew up in that 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 moment where he was really starting to. Uh, you know, I guess take hold of the Texas high school football scene. Those kids, you know, the guys that they're recruiting now were certainly kids at that time. So uh, they could even point at a guy like a Cody Thomas that played both sports. It's it's kind of interesting to see uh, just how 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 well that has gone for them. And it's certainly a pitch that I would expect them to use, you know, on down the line. And I think that it's something that, in a way, Lincoln Riley, Skip Johnson, Long Kruger, whoever, they all are using it and kind of buying into it. Josh, I'm sorry. Did you have something to add on that? Uh, no, no. I mean, I, I started to, and then I've, you know, now since lost. Then you it, let Eddie dominate you. and Yeah, Eddie kind of just kind of manhandled me there. Um, <laughs> but, no, you know, guys, I mean, I think that's something. Oh, what I weekend, was going to say. Week, weekend night, you know what I mean? Stop <laughs> your step um, up here. You know, hey, why why would I um you know I had a, I was on a roll last week with some quotables. Why would I not just keep it going this week? Um, but no, I mean like Mario Williams. Mario Williams is tweeting at baseball commitments, like talking about you know there was a, I think a pitcher committed last week, and he's like, yeah, you're gonna have a center fielder playing behind you sweeping stuff up or so you know like so I mean he's not just a guy that you know is just football. He's trying to help Skip Johnson and that baseball team as well. Now, obviously, obviously, you know, rivals camps, um, they're not going. And, and, you know, a lot of that is Verizon foots the bill for that stuff, and, and they're a huge corporation. They've been very, I would say, 
I think they've won some like awards for social responsibility. They, I mean, like they've been paying first responders cell phone bills and stuff like that. So, um, you know, they've they're very, there's a travel ban and like you know you saw like Amazon announced the other day like no no non-essential people can't come back to the office till like January eighth. Uh, and you see, like, the Rose Bowl got canceled already, which Eddie was a big fan of. Um, that's just insane. <laughs> but, like, that's just the thing. Like, Rivals camps are not probably going to come back just because, you know, we have a giant co- co- corporation that backs us that's very careful, as all corporations are about this kind of stuff. They They go, you know, as far as anyone in trying to limit exposure, and there's, you know, all this stuff. But, you know, you do find these camps out there, and I think some people question, like, what's it like, and, uh, you know, how are people handling it, and, um, like, you see OU's videos, and they're, to my amazement, they wear masks all the time, like, when they're working out, doing stuff, like, they're always wearing masks, and we talk about the uh, the, the COVID numbers that came out today as well, uh, but I guess I, my long-winded question is kind of, you know, you can't you can't expect these kids not to want to get out there and compete and do athletic stuff, just like you can't expect kids to stay away from beaches and uh, you know bars and stuff like that. Like, I guess I'm asking you guys: Is there any kind of hesitation out there when you 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 go to these camps and you see people and you talk to them? I've seen. None. I didn't notice. I mean, I, I I've really no, I've yeah. Really been- you know, Steel Steel Wassel was was wearing a mask, and I don't know if that affected the way he he was throwing or the way he was seeing. But I, I haven't noticed anything different. I, I think people want to be socially aware and do the distancing, but then when you get into the heat of the moment and you want to be a competitor and you want to show everyone what you can do, kind of push that to to the side. I, I I'm not sure if these kids can really understand how to wear a mask and still be the type of person that or type of athlete that they want to show. I know I, I have trouble. I, I've, we have joked about this before because I wear glasses. When I wear my, the mask, I start breathing. My glasses fog up. So, I mean, that's just, I, I, and I'm just walking. And then you're I'm yelling at the Starbucks do. barista. And I mean, it's just awful. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to do anything athletic. I, I, I don't know if, if they would be able to be the type of, uh, type of, competitor that they'd want to be if they had the mask but i i do think you know they're they're trying to what i noticed monday night is is if they had a chance to be six feet away they they, they definitely were but you know it, it it will be curious to see what the format is like on sunday and 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 how and how that how that all goes but it's it does feel like it's something that you really take seriously until you get to the heat of the moment and then there's just nothing you can do I think it, you know, going to uh, breaking news. I'm, I'm giving you guys breaking news. I know you're not going to believe this. I went to the grocery store on my own. I wore a mask. I can't, like, I was sitting there in the, like, and it is like what Bob is saying. It's not the most convenient thing in the world. By the time you go down, you know, 80 aisles to get three different things, by the t- you just want to rip that thing off as soon as you get out in the parking lot. And that's kind of what everybody does. Like when you see people coming out of the grocery store, they're like ripping that thing off as soon as they get outside. Um, and it's not the mo- That's why, you know, when I watch those Benny Wiley videos, I'm just like, wow. I mean, that's that must really suck. But I guess you just get used to it after a while. Because if they can do it, we can do it going to the grocery store. 
Yeah. I was thinking like those. Oh, as, they have, as soon as I'm open those, air, those I'm, I've got it all. What's that, Eddie? I was just going to say, those, the masks that they're wearing, they have to be like different than the one I have. The one that I have is shit. I need to get one of the ones that OU has. <laughs> those things have to be comfortable for them to be wearing them while they're working out. Yeah, I have the and surgical. none of it around. I have the surgical crappy ones from China. They're not the best. Yeah, we should. I guess we probably should add that the the latest uh, numbers came out from Norman this morning uh, before the recording of the podcast. And uh, second straight week, they've reported no new cases. And not only do they have no new cases, but they have no active cases within the program. Uh, for everything that's going on in this state right now, uh, that's pretty damn amazing. Yeah, yeah and what, what, what speaks to those numbers even more, the 98 football players and 30 staff members. So it's not like they're rationing it, you know, where it's only 30 to 40 players and it's not a big, uh, big enough sample. I mean, they are basically doing the entire team every single week and now for back-to-back weeks have zero new cases. Whatever Lincoln Riley has been preaching, because if, if you remember when we talked to him a couple weeks ago, it would be arrogant to say we can control these kids when they're outside of the facility. But whatever they're doing, whatever they're preaching, it's cer- it certainly works. Well, and I think, I, you know, who knows how often those kids get outside their bubble of just, you know, act, you know players that they practice with every day. You got to think it's some, though. I mean, I mean, it's like you saw, was it Creed Humphrey and Adrian Ely went to uh, Lane Johnson's uh, offensive line um, summit or whatever, and but they they mm-hmm. they, they took strong you know uh, CDC precautions at that deal, uh, but I mean you know they obviously traveled to go to that. I mean so, I mean it's not like you can't live your life. I mean you can. It's just being cautious, and some of it's being lucky. I mean just you know not happening to be around that person that maybe they don't know has it. Yeah, I, and I'm, I, I think Josh would agree with this, that I'd, I'd be the first person to say that I, I think, you know, at times we've been maybe be a little bit overly dramatic here, especially as of late. But at the same time, this is kind of the new normal. Like, you talk about new normals, you just kind of got to get used to it and suck it up a little bit, and particularly here over the next couple months if we want to have any type of football come the fall. Oh, I, I'm with you. I mean, and guys, I'll be the first to admit, it took me a while before I started wearing a mask. Like, I'm not saying, like, I would say probably for about three weeks now when I go out, I've got a mask on. But, like, before that, I wasn't wearing a mask. Like, I, Yeah, because your wife told that. you I'm the hospital gonna... was filling up, so you're like, shit, I guess I better wear a mask. Well, you know, it, I that that's just, like, I'm so anti-alarmist that, like, even when probably alarms should be going off, I'm like, it's fine. Oh, like, I'm, I'm literally that... Of anyone that I'm was that dog out in there, the burning building. Of anyone that was out there actively getting us canceled when this thing started, it was you. For sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I still hear about it frequently. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, and then that's fine. That's deserved. I'll, I'll, I'll totally own it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's just the, the thing I can't get my head around. Are these people that like are getting mad at store clerk, like at the at yeah. the greeter lady at Walmart? Like that's she didn't make this call, guy. Like just like help her out, and all you're gonna do is just end up looking like an asshole in front of everybody. Stop doing it. Like just, yeah, I, I don't understand. 
And I like for a while, like I could get it because masks were so hard to come by and people couldn't find them. I mean, you know, the hospitals were having trouble, you know, supplying just good, just basic surgical masks, much less good in 95 type deals. Um, but now you can get a mask. I mean, I walked into Hallmark and bought two for myself for each car and then a couple for the girls. Like you, you can buy a mask almost anywhere you want to. Well, and, you know, something else that came out um, in terms of good news, Eddie, the Good News Network, the um, NCAA and the Power Five conferences announced that they had come to uh, an agreement on testing standards, which basically says uh, if they have a season, everyone everyone will get tested on Wednesdays, uh, so they'll have the results available uh, for that game. Now, it doesn't solve all the problems. I'm not here saying it does, but after watching what happened with the Big Ten just go out rogue and do what they wanted to do, that question was out there like, why can't these idiots just get together and make some decisions that, that benefit everybody? And I don't know if that was the wake-up call, but at least we've seen that. I mean, at least we've seen schools work together and say, yes, these are protocols that we all need to adhere to. Well, I, I think after the Big Ten news came out last week, it was a situation of, and I think you've seen it here over the last week or week and a half, I guess, that ACC, the Big 12, and the SEC kind of looked at each other like, almost kind of like, F them, we need to stick together and figure this thing out, or we're all going to be really f So I, I guess in a way that, like, and again, I can't believe that I find myself saying this, but once again, kudos to Bob Bowlesby for not caving. I, I feel like, his leadership over the last, I mean, really six to eight months has been pretty strong, which I'll be the first one to say that I've, I've been about as vocal and critical of Bob Bowlesby as uh, anybody, including saying some nasty things about him. But like, I, I feel like he's done a pretty damn good job, all things considered. And I guess in a way that probably just reinforces the fact of how important it is of playing a football season. Well, and it's it's interesting too because Bob Bowlesby and Lincoln Riley are kind of on opposite ends of an issue, which is playing in the spring. Bob Bowlesby has not wanted to uh, really address moving the season to the spring, where Lincoln is like, "Look, we could do it in the spring if we have to do it in the spring." And uh, I know I think Bruce Feldman had an article detailing kind of some of what Lincoln Riley has has been, uh, you know throwing toward the con the, the conference about his ideas on how you get it done by playing in the spring. So I think Bob Bowlesby, I, yes, he deserves a lot of credit for kind of sticking to his guns. And, I, you know, I've just been impressed with OU, the Big 12, that they are willing to just wait and not make rash decisions like canceling a parade in July or January. Like that's a rash decision. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't fault anyone around here for for doing anything wrong in terms of kind of just navigating this whole thing. Guys, has has COVID been Bob Bowlesby's shining moment? Like, I feel like he's navigated this as well as he's navigated literally anything. It probably just shows you why he, you know, was an AD in the first place, why he was at Stanford why they hired him to be the Big 12, you know, commissioner. He's just, as an administrator, he's pretty good at what he does. As a part, as a radio host, he's terrible. 
I would not. <laughs> I would not want to listen to his radio show. Does he have a radio show? No, I'm just saying. Oh, I was going to say he's not. A, he's not an electric speaker. Is all I'm getting at. Eddie was about to be yeah. furious that he hasn't been listening for years. Yeah, I'd be his number one fan. I'd be. A, I'd be a caller. I'd be <laughs> calling every day. <laughs> He's, he's been strong, though, and, you know, I, I do think that, you know, it's kind of funny over the last month, every, I think Gabe DeArmond pointed this out on Twitter this morning, for the last month and a half, the next two weeks are the most important two weeks of the college, of the, in the history of the college football season, and now we're kind of at a point where it's like, oh, shit, you really better get it buckled down here over the next 14, 15 days, or we are looking at, uh, the season starting and you know guys I I think that to be completely honest with all of you I I would think that at some point here in the next month or so we'll hear that uh, you know the season's been pushed back at least by the way I just ran across an article biggest baseball card busts like cards that skyrocketed in value that just dropped the bottom dropped out okay would you like some of the names? Uh, guys, I know that... this is a squirrel moment. I'm sorry. JD, yeah, JD Drew. Oh, oh that's a good one. <laughs> at, least, yeah. at least he's hit four home runs in a game before. Uh, here's like, one that's that. Biggest claim to fame, right? I believe that's true, yes. Um, this is one Eddie will love Rick Ann Keel. Oh, man. One of my favorite Cardinals of all time. Uh, it's not just baseball cards. Johnny Manziel. Uh, yeah, I can see how that one. I feel like his card should well. still have value. Like there, <laughs> there should be like he's such an interesting story. Like it shocks me that his cards don't have value. Uh, Adam Morrison. Oh yeah, that's just a that's just hey, a sports. Hey, what you want about Adam Morrison? I think the guy has three rings. Yes, he's got a bench. He's got a mustache. Doesn't really rings. have a role. And like comes from the Pacific Northwest. Has he started murdering people yet, or is that, are we still waiting? On oh that? God, that's too soon. Um, he's a he's a killer. Uh, considering we just had an Oklahoma executed for murdering people in Oregon. Um, oh, I didn't know about that. That fits perfectly into my master plan. So the, this the white, is even the white supremacist. I think we should do that with all of them. This is uh, the the de very definition of pitching bust from the college and the high school level. Would you guys like to take a guess at these two yes. people? Uh, okay, say say the parameters again. High school? The biggest two busts on the professional level from both the college and high school level. It's two different people. Okay. One's, one's from college. Yes, Ben McDonald. You got that okay. right up. And then Todd high school. Todd Van Poppel? Todd, you got them both. Bam. Man, Josh, that's impressive. I, dude, I, I've bought a lot of cards in my time. Um, <laughs> and like, that's in your I, wheelhouse, 91. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that's right. Yeah, Ben McDonald was a big deal. Like That one I was pretty confident. Van Poppel was a little bit of a guess. Man, Ben McDonald was such a dominating pitcher at LSU. Here's Thanks. the last one I'll throw out there. Uh, okay. Former number one draft pick of the New York Yankees. Another pitcher. Oh, what Brian year? Taylor. Brian Taylor. You got it. Brian Taylor. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Are you out of the pod? I think, uh, yeah, I think Pearl was crying. She was, she lost it, so I think Bob. She didn't it. like, she's not a Brian Taylor fan. She got jobbed on that card, too, so. <laughs>
She but, believed the hype. But, no, I will uh, back to, you know, kind of the season and preparations. I mean, obviously, uh, OU is now – you could tell because as soon as OU got into um, required physical activities, like Benny Wiley started posting stuff on Instagram again. I guess, like, compliance said that, no, it's voluntary. You can't because that means you can monitor or the other coaches can monitor what they're doing. So he had to stop. But, like, just watching kind of the daily stuff that they're going through, I'm sorry, but I, I, I tweeted about this. I'm man-crushing hard on Braden Willis. If they play a season, I think Braden Willis becomes the next big thing, like, even bigger than Dimitri Flowers to this offense. He is a really? physical specimen when it's you just look at what he's able to do physically. And he's bigger now. Like, he is trained hard. You can tell. Well, and that's yeah, what was I mean, kind of a – go ahead, Eddie. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, everybody talks about Austin Stogner. I think that Braden Wills sometimes, and rightfully so about Stogner, I think he's going to be a great player. But, uh, you know, both of those guys at that H-back position – are such unique players in yeah, that yeah. they're really not the guy that Dimitri was. No, no. And he Dimitri, he was a guy that almost Lincoln used deception. It, people just didn't pay attention to him. And he had so well, many big plays out of that. Uh, and I think Braden Willis has kind of been that way, but mm. Austin Stogner gets in the game. You know he's in the game. I mean, he's massive. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say, I almost think Flower, like you were talking about how impressive Willis is and being like he could be even a bigger guy than, than maybe Flowers was for the offense. I think Flowers and the way he was put together almost played into you can overlook this guy because he's yeah. not a guy that you would look at and be like, holy cow, like this guy is a just a specimen. Like he was – I don't want to – like Doey is absolutely not the right word, but he oh, wasn't man. like – that, no, I mean, but you guys know what I'm saying. Like, he doesn't – like, he's not a guy that walks in a room and, like, you're like, holy cow, that that's a just a different animal right there. Like, Yeah, but when they throw him a, that pass at, Iowa, at Ohio State oh, and he outruns their entire secondary to the end zone, you're just like, holy shit, that guy's – No, no, like, I'm – you guys know, like, I love Dimitri Flowers. Like, I thought he was maybe the biggest loss from year one to year two on that offense uh, when he graduated. Like, he was a, a huge piece of what they did. But like I said, just looking at him, like he's not like the the old expression. He's not the off the bus guy. Like he's yeah. not the guy you're going to line up and run him out. Braden Willis, like you want him. Yeah, you want Braden Willis, the first guy off the bus. Look at him. Look how scary that dude is. He's he's a monster. Yeah, I mean, I just with what Lincoln has done with that position, and let's face it, I mean, I think we'll see Braden Willis more as a you know split out tight end too this year instead of inline blocker. Uh, fullback type guy because I mean he just he's big I mean he's just and he 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 runs really well I just I can't imagine what Lincoln will do with him it's and it, why, I'm always so torn about these football conversations because I'm always like are we wasting our time having discussions about what's going to happen on the field this year but absolutely I, not we've got to at some point I feel like it's therapeutic in a way I'm yeah. sick of f-ing talking about anything else <laughs> uh, the the thing and that's kind of what has been interesting just as far as like the wide receiver position. And when you talk about, you know, losing a guy like CD lamb, I think that people often, and I don't want to say forget because I think that, you know, all of us realize it. anybody that really covers a team, you know, the, the 
guys that do the delt charts and stuff will know that like they have two very able bodies in Austin Stogner and Braden Willis. It's going to be uh, kind of fun to see how Lincoln Riley incorporates them. And and the same thought of talking about, you know, the videos that Benny Wiley's put out. It seems that Theo Howard looks pretty damn good right now, the way that he's moving around. Uh, I think that, you know, there's a realistic expectation that he should be ready when a season begins. Well, and the other thing I noticed from the latest round of videos is, you know, you, you, you were always concerned about how does this affect, you know, the, the pandemic and stuff and uh, everybody being like all the coaches and trainers, uh, you know, basically have to scatter and stay at home and quarantine and uh, all that stuff. Like, how did that affect a guy like Trey Norwood, who is still coming back from injury? And it was kind of nice to see him, even though it looked like he had a, a exoskeleton on one of his legs. He was still jumping up and down on just that leg, cutting and, and doing stuff. So um, it looks like he's continued to uh, make a lot of progress and, and looks like a guy that you mentioned, Theo Howard. But it was really good to see Trey Norwood out there running around at full speed. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that when you look at what Oklahoma's doing, uh, and, you know, I, I certainly don't think that, you know, because ju- it, the the situation with Justin Harrington, you need as, I guess what I'm trying to say is you need as many bodies as possible that are available in that secondary. And, you know, I think that everybody knows that that is something that Alex Grinch uh, uh, griped about last year was the depth in the secondary and uh, adding Trey Norwood, a guy that he obviously – uh, talk time and time again oh, about Gary. Him. He's somebody that, that they need back there and will definitely rely on once the season begins. Like Alex Grinch was is never really an emotional guy about anything. He's just kind of deadpan the entire time. When Trey Norwood blew out his knee, that's the most emotional, even to this day, that he's ever been, even after tough losses. Like it yeah. just killed him that Trey Norwood Sorry. got hurt. <laughs> And that was on the first day of uh, of practice, wasn't it? Yeah, like that was that was like his indoc- That was like his uh, welcoming to Oklahoma. It was well, now I'm out of my best player in the secondary. Yeah, and I mean it just kind of goes to show you what happened in the LSU game. You know how much how little depth that they had. Uh, sure. So yeah, I mean I I would expect him fully to come back in and be the starting nickel uh, as long as he's fully healthy and uh, you know and and that gives you Pat Fields and. Uh, Delarian Turner Yell uh, returning as starter. So um, you just have to kind of find, you know, one corner, which you kind of do in Jaden Davis, but it, it does leave Buki kind of as the odd man out. But I still uh, really want to see Woody Washington develop. And I think we saw some good things out of him. And I think he's a guy that can continue to push and uh, push for a starting position as the season goes along. Josh, what do you make of the Justin Harrington situation? Well, you know, and I've actually talked to Justin since we've been doing the pod here. He messaged me. Um, he's still just waiting for to, to hear anything. His, he's told me his transcripts are in. I assume it's going through Oklahoma, going through the clearinghouse, all that stuff. Now, from everything I've gathered, Oklahoma can do this stuff in very short order. It sounds like if there's a holdup, it's the clearinghouse. And that shouldn't be that surprising. I mean, this is a guy that was – initially earmarked to enroll back in January and clearly there were problems there so usually when you see this it's a pattern when when there's one problem more problems tend to pop up it doesn't it doesn't ever seem to end easily and that that's kind of where we're at I you know it's an interesting thing because I have no hard facts about the situation 
But just covering recruiting for 20 years, this almost always ends badly. Like, it almost always, like, oh, they just couldn't get it right. They couldn't, you know, you go back to, I mean, Chioke eventually got to campus, but there were all these problems. I almost want to say he missed a season just dealing with that crap. And there are there's so many other guys. We can go down year after year, guys that were, were you know, Smoke Patterson. You know, you go uh, just years of junior college players struggling to get their credits right, to get, you know, enrolled in school. And now, I mean, you know, you're looking at with Justin Harrington, this was a guy that everybody thought might push really Patrick Fields. That, that, that was going to be, that was kind of the idea is he could come in and really compete for that spot. Well, I don't know how he does that with almost no summer workouts and, you know, you don't know what he's been doing back home. So we'll see what happens. But, I mean, it's just one of those things where I think if he gets on campus now, you're just kind of hoping he can get his feet wet and catch up by midseason. When somebody says that it's a, a, a clearinghouse issue, I think it's, it, it's, it's a common slogan in college football. Could somebody just explain it to me like a second grader what exactly that means? It, it means that, you know, they send the transcripts, uh, and a lot of times this comes into – uh, I remember with Will too, it was like a math thing. What did Josh like? Did that he have the right, right math credits? The classes that he took, did they transfer to satisfy this requirement to make him, uh, you know, a junior in eligibility or whatever? Like, was he on progress toward his degree uh, to where he was eligible? And so the clearinghouse looks at all kinds of things. But mainly they're looking at the classes he took. Uh, how does that translate to uh, a major college? And, you know, what what type of class they really were at his junior college. Um, for instance, like I remember being in junior college and like accounting one was like over two different semesters. Whereas if you went to a regular four-year school, it would just be a semester. So I think they kind of sometimes break up math classes like that too. Um, and it's, it just gets really confusing with what transfers over and how many credits you get credit for. Uh, and so it, I mean, that's kind of just what the clearinghouse does. They just kind of make sure all the, the, uh, I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. Yeah. They're good. They're going to check everything that, you know, that uh, basically it's the NCAA. We don't fully trust everything. The school is going to say so they're, they're kind of the watchdog as i understand it i feel like in 2020 we we need to move on to something else i feel like that is a very archaic way of operating but considering who we're talking about i guess that's not too surprising well there i saw there's a push to abolish the act and the sats right now i saw that and you know what as crazy as it sounds I could see that becoming a reality in five years, you know, within like five years or something. Sure. I, you know, I want, it's I one of those situations. Oh, I don't think anybody, whether it was, you know, bias for them toward them, nobody likes that test, but I, you've got to have some sort of replacement for it. I don't know. Then that, like, I haven't read the release. There may have been, you know, we, we think it should move in this direction or whatever the case is, but you have to have some, ability for a university to measure your aptitude yeah there has to be some standard in place yeah, yeah. i mean you can't finish last in your class and then just skate on into college yeah that's yeah. true 
So I feel like Orange County when uh, Sean Brumder gets into uh, Stanford. That's a that is a truly unappreciated movie. Yeah, that's a really. I think that's one of my top five favorite movies of all time. That probably tells more about me than anything else. (laughs) Oh God, I'd like we we should almost do a separate pod where Eddie talks about his five favorite movies. Yeah, I mean it would be that would be interesting because the problem with that is edward is that you don't have a lot of movie experience oh yeah that's what i'm saying that's why that it'd be a very i i can assure you this my top five movies of all time are movies that are so mainstream that uh (laughs) it would almost probably be too embarrassing for me to even talk (laughs) well except for orange Orange county is your your off the grid pick then is what you're saying yeah i think that's probably fair it's like a list of five movies that are in literally no one else's top five. Like any, because anybody that wants to put together yeah, a movie we don't top know, five list, we they've don't seen know a shitload of movies. We don't even know if you know what a mainstream movie is. Yeah, I was gonna like, uh, oh, I don't know, like uh, Wedding Crashers is probably in there. Okay, that's mainstream. <laughs> I, I was gonna, I was gonna guess Hangover, but that that one. Th- I that's like Hangover. Pretty much the same I don't know if I would put it in the great category, though. Anchorman, okay. it is a, Anchorman it's a, it's a, it's is top awesome five. Movie. What? Anchorman's a top five. Uh, probably top twenty-five. Okay. I gotta my say, list is out, my list. Are you pretty much 25. strictly a comedy guy, Eddie? Like, just there's not much action, or I, I'm certainly betting there's very little drama or rom-com in your life. But it, like, are you pretty much exclusively? If you're going to sit what down if, and watch like, a movie, Les Miserables is in there or something. <laughs> That'd be amazing. That would be on my Broadway list. <laughs> mm, Hugh Jackman is a joy. Um. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I mean, the I think it's good that you know everybody is kind of not making decisions yet. It's not good what's going on with numbers. And look, I understand this. I you know, I posted the thread the other day um about the army stuff. We talked about that on the I, I don't know if we talked about that on the pod a little bit last week or not. Just that they're kind of taking the same approach that OU is. They're they're not, you know, panicking trying to get out of things. They're they've got their own health czars from the the military world and I think Navy and Air Force are doing the same things. But they're definitely waiting as long as they can before they make any decisions. So there's no, there shouldn't be any panic about whether that game is going to be played. I think if OU plays Missouri State, they're going to play Army. I, that's the way I think this thing will work out. Um, now, I, I think it was Barry Trammell that had the, the uh, first one to put it out there that OU was trying to move their Missouri State game to August 29th, which is an excellent idea. And I don't yeah. know why the NCAA wouldn't approve that waiver uh, just because you should be doing anything and everything you can for your member institutions to help them out right now. Well, it's kind of been funny that, like, as bad as things have gone here in Oklahoma and Texas and, you know, and throughout the region and the hotspots of the country, that, like, that flipped rather quickly. It can also flip back the other way rather quickly. And that's why, like, making these broad and bold decisions – and even the Houston ISD kind of gave themselves an out that if things get better, of course we're going to be playing football. So uh, it will be interesting to see. And just uh, kind of a side note, the American Athletic Conference just released 
some numbers as far as testing 72 prior hours prior to completion. Uh, our buddy Caden McFarland up in Tulsa said that would cost roughly between 70 and $85,000 for a school like Tulsa to get that done in the AAC. Obviously, that's not going to be a problem money-wise at OU or OSU or Texas or wherever like that, but it is always kind of good to kind of get a good idea of what we're actually talking about numbers-wise. Well, it almost, I mean, it, it, it makes you think of what kind of reform is going to happen after this is over. Like, you, know, you, sure. have, you have all these schools that make all these deals with equipment apparel companies, and it's usually, uh, you know, they announce, oh, it's a $3 million deal or whatever, uh, and all that money is just free gear that they get from the company. Like, is it, are we going to have to go to where, you know, schools are actually getting money now instead for this stuff? Because maybe some years they, they're going to have to scale back and say, we only want two uniforms and we're going to use that money elsewhere. Well, God forbid the college football team doesn't have 10 different combinations I know. of uniforms. Maybe that's something we should cut out. In a way, and I know that this sounds like, well, it's kind of hateful, and I have a little bit of a black heart, so I don't really care. But, like, all these schools that are cutting things, in a way, shouldn't this have been happening a long time ago? Like, I know that yesterday the big the big uh, story was, like, Akron's cutting half of their faculty. That's kind of an Akron problem, isn't yeah, it? That's a university deal, yeah. Like, maybe they should have thought about that a long time ago when they started – spending money and their and I don't know their budget but like that seems more of a problem that is centered around Akron and the way that they've f***ed up their income and their budget more than it is anything else I think that goes hand in hand though with the 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 mission of a college or or the operation of a college which is they've they've never operated on a cash in cash out basis they've operated on you know, the donations of people to allow them to do the things they want to do. Like sure. the, the, it's, I don't want to make it like a handout, but it is. I mean, you're sticking your hands out saying, Hey, give us some money, support us so we can do these things. It, it happens in football. It happens at university levels. Uh, help us build this building because we need to open up a, a new liberal arts school that will, you know, yeah. sh make shine across the Midwest or whatever. Like they're just used to fundraising. And in a pandemic, there's not as many funds to go around. You're not getting as much donations from people. Yeah, and I, I, I guess in a way, and I don't know, maybe I've just completely looked at it through a like a jaded perspective, but like everything that is happening, whether it be Stanford cutting bullshit varsity athletics or Akron cutting their faculty, it's like, well, I mean, yeah, when times are tough, bad things are going to happen. I guess in a way, I just haven't really been surprised by a whole lot. And I know it's going to get worse if if we can't play sports and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's just like, I don't know. It, it's kind of been like a well-done moment. I would just like to take this moment to say that we appreciate all our subscribers who continue to subscribe to us, even though there are no sports going on. As someone, 100%. As someone who just kind of shit on people who have their hands out. Well, I mean, I, I think it's different. If you're a freeloader, if you're a, sitting on an endowment of 70 billion, but can't <laughs> use that money for something else. Like the endowment for those Ivy League schools oh. is absolutely insane that you can't just. And 
this is just my completely lack of understanding economics and <laughs> everything to run a university. But I don't understand why if you have if you're sitting on a billion dollars of endowment, why you can't just kind of dip your fund in there. We're going through a global pandemic. It just doesn't make sense to me. Between yeah. Harvard, Yale, and Stanford, they have a hundred billion dollars in endowment. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. If we got, but, if we have a few grand in the bank, we're happy. Yeah, I mean, OU and OSU's endowments are huge, for that matter. They're not. They're yeah. not the billions of dollars. Like, uh, I think some Harvard of that has Yale, to do but, with, like, you know, just securing good professors and tenures and stuff like that. I mean, sure. It's just part of what they do, but yeah, it is. It's a, everybody has a rainy day fund. It's just those rainy day funds can't overcome a hundred million dollar losses. I mean, and the the other bottom line too. And I'm sure that the academia world would say the same thing about coaches, but Maybe don't pay professors $250,000 or whatever they're making. Well, then they'll No singular to... professor is bringing in that much money. No, oh, they aren't. I'm just guessing. I have no idea. No, 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 no. I, I mean, Eddie, like, no, like, whether it's the guy, you know, at Harvard or the guy at Oklahoma State, there's not there's not that much gap between where they should be paid because if you put the guy at Oklahoma State and Harvard, everybody's going to think he's great too. But I would sure. assume those high-paid professors are people that, you know, have, have taught a lot of students and some of them have got on to do well. Sure. And they bring in money from their, you know, former students in appreciation for what they did. So, I mean, it's kind of like Sherry, point. it's kind of like fair. Sherry Cole. It's like, yeah, she's not worth a million dollars, but, from a PR side, I don't know if she's helping anymore, but at one point she was worth a million dollars to him because of, you know, boosters and fundraising and all that stuff. Well, they do manage to put her on literally every pay-per-view broadcast that they ever do. <laughs> well, she was, you know, once lovable. And a sign of when maturity? She was winning. As a sign of maturity, I will not say hey, anything hateful or porous about Sherry Cole right now. If you were not going to be hateful, though, what were you going to say, Josh? What do you? I I will uh, <laughs> I will I will DM you what I was what I. Wow, what I that is some growth. That actually just shows you that Eddie knows he works for an OU affiliate now. I think more than anything. Oh no, Eddie sold that to the man. Is that what I'm hearing here? It's big radio. Big radio got him. He is typing it up, I think, as we speak. He's typing. <laughs> He's making sure we hear it. He's typing angry. I was, uh, you know, just it's just an observation. It was nothing. It's nothing big. Uh, okay, so uh, moving forward, I know you know we kind of set the stage, Josh, about uh, you know recruiting in the future. Uh, we have uh, what do we call them? O's to talk about now that are out there. Yeah, yeah, that is. I, I, I mean, I, what do we call it? They, is it just an O? Because it's like the red O. It's very specific. Like I don't. We got to come up with a name for it that sounds, you know, less shitty. Um, but no, yeah. The, uh, earlier this week, Lincoln had one out. Roy Manning had one out. Um, 
I think it's pretty clear just talking to some people, this is kind of replacing the eyes. You know, we were a little unsure. Bob and I had talked about it on the pod, not really sure if that meant, you know, okay, we've we've added another piece or, you know, like after a commitment had already, had already gone public or if this was more of a situation kind of like we used to see with the eyes. From what I can gather, it sounds like this is becoming a looking forward kind of thing. So um, I, I, I continue to hear. I mean, I can tell you four or five players that it feels like if they announced while we were doing this podcast, it wouldn't be a huge surprise. I think Oklahoma's in a good spot with several players. It's just a matter of guys starting to make that jump. And I kind of thought it would happen after the Caleb Williams situation. You know, Jalil Farouk is one of the obvious ones, wide receiver, buddy of Caleb's from the D.C. area, and it just hasn't happened so far. So I'm not sure what to make of that. I don't get the impression that it's, you know, I've had some people ask me, well, is, is OU going in a different direction or have they lost hope there? I don't get that at all. I, I think it's just he has... I think he may have some people around him that want him to kind of wait it out and see if visits are going to be possible um, and then go forward from there, kind of like we were just talking about, not making a rash choice, not doing something just because it's not available to you now. And I think he's just waiting it out and kind of seeing what will happen. But I I still think Oklahoma is a clear leader for him. Um, you look at guys like Marcus Burris. Uh, probably the big news we have to talk about is, is Kendall Daniels uh, saying today he was going to announce on August 1st, uh, which would be the same day that DeMond Harmon, the defensive back offer from Virginia, is expected to announce. So there are a lot of um, a lot of things that you would think are going to go positively for Oklahoma in the next few weeks. Now, Kendall Daniels has kind of made things interesting. There's rumors that he went to College Station last week. He had tweeted something out kind of alluding to as much, but with the way you can play with where you are on Twitter, I'm still trying to find out if that was real or if that was him just kind of messing with everybody. Uh, but it, you know, he's since now taken the tweet down, which would kind of make you think something. I, I don't, I don't it know what to make It makes you think that, that, that A&M is secretly bringing in recruits. You know, that's it. Like, there are several schools that are bringing in multiple guys. Like, I know um, Amarius Mims, the big five-star offensive tackle that had OU in his top six yesterday, um, was either supposed to or did go down to Florida State. What? That that just that just rings funny to me. Like, what? Why it's would you go? Very do funny. That? Yeah, I mean, I mean it's I basically really... a school would have to say say to a kid, "Hey, we can't have you here, but if you want to show up." I mean, well, and it feels like the old high school, like, oh, we might bump into you over here at, you know, what, you know, the, the local bar or restaurant I mean, it's, or whatever. It's ridiculous. It's bizarre. I mean, it's a dead period. You're not supposed to have any in-person contact. Yep. And so, well, I mean, like, you can't, you know, skirt the rules by saying, well, if you just happen to show up uh, at our facility, you know, how, who are we to say you can't come in? Like, it, no, you can't yep. do that. Yep. It, that, it's, is, that is truly amazing if that is what is happening. And and I want to be clear, there's no there's no in like the, there's no proof or evidence that that's what's happening. It's just strange for kids to just go to a college campus and not not be in the presence of the people they've been talking to for the last year and a half of their life. Like that that's it, it stretches reality a little bit. I believe we are joined by Bob Prisbillo, who has gotten his baby under control. Now, would it would it be possible that current players could show 
that kid around? If they I think it would be, yeah. I mean, associated with the coaches. I think it would be, yeah. I wouldn't it have to be. Wouldn't it have to be a player really they had a prior relationship with? But you're still you're still allowing someone to come into your facility mm-hmm. that has been locked down and is supposed to be, you know, Rona free. I mean, that's dangerous for your program if you're really. I just it doesn't make any sense to me. It's it's a move. If if that's literally what's happening, that's. That's one of those things where you're like, okay, if the season gets canceled in a month, you're like, you guys did this to yourselves. You were doing stupid shit like this. Yeah, Josh. Go ahead, Bob. Okay, Josh, I know we're starting to see a lot of August 1st dates being thrown thrown around. You think recruits are starting to finally accept that maybe they're not going to get the visits that they might have thought they would have you know, two, three months ago? I think it's possible because, I mean, you're hearing guys, you know, and I've, I've mentioned several times over the last, you know, probably three, four weeks, Savion Bird is a guy that I feel like Oklahoma leads for. And really, I think if he knew he couldn't take official visits, I think he might have already pulled the trigger. But as it is, he is, you know, he's holding out hope that he can take some trips. And, you know, Bob, you were, you were doing baby stuff. But I, I was talking about how that's kind of – um, you weren't here. Yeah, you, you weren't here, Bob. Uh, what's kind of interesting to see that you're, you're seeing kids kind of starting to face this reality. And just like we were talking earlier with rash decisions, they don't want to do anything too immediate. But it's getting to the point now where the guys who were like, I don't want to worry about this during my season. I want to have this decision made are kind of saying, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to have to make this choice. I've got to – I mean, because the – it's an interesting position because I think kids are probably more familiar and have a better relationship with these coaches than in most years. They just haven't been able to go see things for themselves. And I think that's where it's an interesting balance because you probably know your position coach, your head coach, your you know coordinator. You're more familiar with those guys than probably any guy in years because those co- coaches have so much more time to dedicate to you. But at the same time, you're not getting any in-person contact. They haven't come to see you. And from the coaching side of it, you're not getting to go evaluate these guys. Yeah. You know, they're a guy that I've talked a lot about on the board lately is a kid named Caleb Holloway from uh, Fort Worth South Hills that I know Oklahoma has some interest in. But they, to my understanding, OU's never seen him in person. Well, how how far do you go down the road of offering a kid that you don't you haven't seen? that you don't know any other coaches that have seen. I mean, he's kind of at an obscure high school, so you're having to go off of what other people are telling you. How big is he? What's he run? You know, you don't have those hard facts for yourself. Well, and you're running into that danger here. Uh, if if high school seasons aren't played, uh, the only the only kid, like, you're only going to know about, like, uh, you know, like, Relique Browns. Like, okay, that guy's a no-brainer. Like, yep. but there's only so many of those guys in the country – and there's a lot of guys that are really good players that you can find if you, but you can't find them if you can't get out there and evaluate. So at some point, this is really going to hurt rosters across the country because the only people that are going to get recruited are the elite of the elite uh, that have been proven it, you know, since they're sophomores and not that guy that uh, really blossomed as a junior uh, and then dominated as a senior. Oh, I I think that's a. I think it's an amazing point, Kerry. I think in three or four years, 
you are going to see a noticeable difference of some random guys popping up from small schools. You know, I mean, we always get a few, but I think you're going to see more than ever, especially with what's just happened in the junior college ranks with them not having a season. You get so many of those guys that go overlooked and then they kind of sneak into, you know, Kansas State or somewhere middle range like that, that this year they're going to end up at different, very different types of schools because schools are going to have to go with guys that they know. It's just like what we were talking about way back during the draft, that Oklahoma's guys had some advantages because the scouts had had a chance to see them, watch them go through their medicals. You know, they, they had a lot of boxes checked that most other schools' players didn't have. Oklahoma is just like everybody else. They're going to err on the side of the information they actually have, and they might end up not taking a guy that maybe they like better on tape, but they just can't make that ri- – we can't take you because we don't know anything about you. Uh, Bob, You know, you bring bring up the junior college thing. That was one thing I did want to make sure to bring up was Isaiah Coe had a chance to talk with him Tuesday, you know, a day after the announcement was made that junior college seasons will be pushed to, to the spring. They'll be allowed to work out from August to October. And you, you talk with him. First thought is, you know, obviously he's crushed. He can't play with his teammates, you know, the guys that he's built a bond with during the last, you know, six, nine months. But then he starts talking about the fact that because of this and because he's going to be a mid-year guy anyway for OU, he's going to get a year of eligibility back according to the OU coaches and his junior college coaches that he's been talking with because he can, quote-unquote, redshirt now when nothing's going on, now he becomes a three-for-three three guy. Josh, does that change anything in terms of his standing? Like, do people – does OU maybe feel more confident now because they get that, ex, that extra year? And would that make any impact at all in terms of Kelvin Gilliam, Marcus Burris, and those kind of numbers? I, I think it does, and I think it's tremendously interesting. And, you know, that also gets into the conversation of if if – junior college guys were to enroll early how do you count that season even against them what are we talking about red shirting or anything like that, that that's just like a free year like i and so i i think that's that's all really intriguing to see how that plays out but i i think it absolutely in isaiah coe's case that helps because i talked about it i talked about it on the pod on the board to me that was one of the big hang-ups was that Oklahoma really was going to be kind of top-heavy at defensive tackle with um, Winfrey and Ellison last year, and then you add Coe into the mix. Well, how, how many young defensive linemen are you adding to that group? Well, this, you're, you're pushing him back. I mean, now he, he arrives as a sophomore. I mean, so that, that really changes your whole storyline. Now, obviously, you still, you know, you had the redshirt year available if he – if he was going to go that route or if he is forced to use it this year or whatever. But, I mean, he's either a four-to-play-three you know, four guy or a three-to-play-three guy, kind of, like I said, depending on how they look at if a guy were to come in at semester and didn't take part in any football season. I don't know how that counts against him, but we'll have to see how they choose to you know dictate that. But, yeah, I, I think it absolutely strengthens his case with Oklahoma because he is just now a – you know, for lack of a better way to say it, he's a younger player in their, on their uh, scholarship chart. I, I, I also wonder, though, uh, if the college football season gets pushed back to spring, if the NCAA doesn't revisit that and say, well, there's no mid-semester transfers this year. 
I mean, isn't that yeah. a possibility? Yeah, well, for sure. It, it begs the question of how would you, like, could Isaiah Coe come at semester but not actually take part in that season? But would he get that extra year, though, is what I'm saying. That's what, yeah, no, no, I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, that's the that's the thorny stuff that you you don't really think about. And, again, man, the spring season, I know everybody thinks that is just, like, an answer. Like, I don't know how you then turn around and have a season in the fall. Like, I don't know how that works. Now, I know, you know, our buddy Dan Wolken is very excited about the idea of spring football just becoming a thing. But um, as we all recall, it's fairly damn hot in Oklahoma in May. You had to bring up Dan Wolken. I think the idea of a spring season, while I understand it, is it should be an option. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be. But if you have – 50 options, I think a spring season should be 51. There's part of me that would almost rather see the season punted than play spring because I don't know how you get back on track for a regular fall season. Well, you you don't play a full season. You just yeah. – it, you, it's like an exhibition season. Yeah, yeah if you want to yeah, have okay. like a five-game spring exhibition season, I, I would not I, – I would rather see that than, than punt the season, obviously. But – it's kind of what the NBA ran into as far as like are you saving a season and then f-ing over two more seasons in the process. Yep. Cause the I thing mean, I would go back to is some like Creed, Creed Humphrey. Would he have to go oh, to the NFL cool. combine and just skip the season then? I mean, he'd have to Well, that's that why I think it, it has to choice, be, right? it has to be more of an exhibition season because everybody's going to lose. I mean, you'll lose Trevor Lawrence. You could lose Justin Fields. Uh, I mean, it'll, it'll be, Essentially, for a lot of teams, it'll just be a rebuild, you know, in a short period of time. And in a way, I think it would be irresponsible of a coach to tell a player he should be playing in it if you're going to be drafted in April. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that Lincoln Riley would tell Creed Humphrey he needs to be a part of that. I think I think that he would tell him, no, take care of yourself. Get ready for the draft. It It is what it is. This sucks. But but if you can if you can get to a spring. Uh, with a hint of a vaccine, which you know we'll know more at the end of the month, how sure. realistic that is, and then you can put fans in the stands and you can play six games with full fans versus twelve games with no fans. Maybe that's you know you just need a year to stem the tide, and you don't have a a college football playoff. I mean, hell, I there's part of me that feels like they shouldn't have a college football playoff this year, uh, just because it's it's going to be. A whacked out season of football. What, like a tournament? Yeah, like have a have an eight or ten team playoff this year if you're gonna have a shortened season. I think a shortened season in the fall should lead to an expanded playoff. Yeah, but that doesn't solve the problems of contracts and guarantees Uh, and and all that and pay per view for OU. Like they've got their the problem is all these teams have their models set up. It's it's hard to kind of pivot from that unless you know, like, and you know the Power Five is not going to give playoff money to the group of five to help them out. The group of five would rather just get their paydays by playing Texas and OU and USC. And Oh, I, I know for a fact that uh, I think Kersey talked to the Missouri State AD maybe on Tuesday of this week. Maybe it was Monday. I, don't, I forget when it was. But, I mean, they are hell-bent on playing that game. 
no yeah. matter what. Yeah, they need that six six hundred k. Oh, no that's doubt. how they that's how they keep the the lights on, man. Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, if they're hell bent, that means they're spending a lot of money right now on testing. So having the I mean, that's just like with all those schools with the Big Ten, they just had the the rug pulled out from under them when they'd committed to probably hundreds of thousands of dollars and uh, you know, cleaning and testing and all that stuff. Sure. For nothing, basically. All right. Uh, any other business you guys want to get to before we get out of here? Uh, I don't think so. I, I am. Uh, it's this is perfect timing. Tiger's about to tee off at the memorial, so uh, I am all good. But I would say, I don't know. I'm right now. I'm <laughs> feeling pretty confident that they're going to play some fall football. I just don't know what the form's going to be. Uh, at some point, I guess I, I kind of believe in a way that. Things are going to get better. It's not always going to be bad. So this is positive, Eddie. You should cap. You should put this in a capsule. It'll probably never happen again. Well, it's been two straight weeks of no positive cases for Oklahoma. So that I mean, that's good around here. I'll just wait and see if anybody else has to shut down their workouts here in the next month. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Is what we said all along, and I feel like I keep saying this, but let's wait and find out what happens when they get out there on a practice field with pads and. See if it spreads then, because then we're all doomed My, if it does. Miami did shut down their operations while we've been recording. Uh, kind of weird, though. They only had three positive tests. I don't know if that has to do more so with the city of Houston. Uh, but and, you said Miami. They've seen. Is Miami that what it or is? Houston? I don't, you're confusing me. You said Miami, Miami. shut down their workout, and then you Miami. said the city of Houston. No, the, oh, well, I, sorry, I meant the city of Miami. I don't know if the the hurricane had to shut down their summer conditioning program. I don't know what you just said, honestly. The University of Miami, while we've been recording right. this, has announced <laughs> that they are shutting down their summer conditioning voluntary workouts. Okay, I With got just that. three positive tests. With three positive With, tests. With only three positive tests. I don't know if that is because the city of Miami is going through a spike or why would they shut it down for three positive tests? That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me is what I was saying. Okay. You know, I get it. Terry, I want to give you credit. You predicted this, that people like they would get one positive test and the world would shut down. I didn't think that would be that senseless. Like I, I get it. Like, okay. You know, you obviously quarantine the kid, and it quarantine doesn't his make, roommate, I'm, And I'm whatever, with everyone that's like, it doesn't make any sense. Why would they do that? Yep, I agree. I'm agreed. with you. But no, no, at the no same I didn't time, mean to put it that way. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not yelling at you. I'm just, I like I said, I posted something earlier this week, and it immediately turned into a, well, you know, only so many people have died from this. I feel like the, the Bill Barr thing with the 9-11. Uh, but it's like, it's like, yes, I know. I know. What I'm saying is no matter what. No matter how many people die, no matter how many people hospitalized, if they get positives, they're going to shut shit down. Like, it doesn't matter if they're not going to die. It's just the way it's going to happen. Like, you're not going to convince people that it's not that big of a deal for three healthy, athletic college kids to get this and that we all move on and keep going. Like, I think all (laughs) of us feel like, yes, that's the way it should work, but... We're not the ones responsible if you know the worst case scenario happens. So that's true. But I mean, if that's the case, then I don't even know why we were trying to bother. Because you're, I mean, 
Oklahoma's the then, only school that we know of the that's case. not running out positive tests right now. Yeah. I mean, look, if it if it's during the season and they have three players test positive, I don't think they'll cancel games. Now, a team might have to forfeit. I would hope sure. not. Because I like Josh said, if that's what we're gonna do, we might as well not even try. I mean, once you do contact tracing and you realize those three players have been exposed to every single person in this, you know, program, then you have a problem. But you have to have some level of contact tracing to know, okay, well, this person was in close proximity to this many people on our team. It was the starting running back. He's symptomatic. He has collided with literally every defender on our team. And by the way, I don't know that you'll have those kind of practices this year. But what do you mean? Where you're colliding with people. You think it's just no, going to be actually, during like, the game? Practice it when, Bob Stoops did a practice tackling <laughs> for 10 goddamn years, Carrie. Uh, uh, the other thing that this I would add new. just before we leave, Mike Gundy having guns at <laughs> okstate.edu as his uh, official email. email is the most Mike Gundy thing I have literally ever heard. I thought that whole uh, freedom of information thing was not that bad. I mean, it showed that that OAN were the pursuers. Yeah. And he, well, he it, just it, took free shit, which Eddie has done from Natty Light. I mean. Yeah, but I knew what Natty. But the, the thing that I took out of that, though, is. is I like how you stopped be, yourself. Like, I knew Natty Light was socially responsible. No, you didn't. Well, no, what I was saying is, is Mike Gundy was lying when he was acting like he didn't know what OAN was. I think that's where he'll get in trouble. Yeah. Or he didn't know what they stood for. That's what he said. Yeah. He, he which, didn't know that they were yeah. anti, you know, BLM. And which was stuff. bull from the beginning because he'd had that whole speech extolling their virtues. Like, sure. I, I don't think you get to play that card. But um, I'm just, but I don't want to, I'm not into the cancel of anybody anymore. I mean, I'm, I'm done with the can. Uh, people have tried to cancel me for stupid shit. I, I mean, I just, I'm done with canceling it. him, but like, you just don't get to play dumb. Like, I, I, I don't know that anything like, he's fix done it. is just worth. Just fix it, dude. Yeah. Just fix it. Agreed. All right. Agreed. By the way, uh, we don't know anything about Mike Gundy since he's left those videos out because he hadn't talked to a damn soul since then. Other yeah, than get true. up, I think. He canceled himself. Like, I thought he would be out at the forefront of this thing trying to affect change. He's just kind of sitting in his office doing nothing. I mean, yeah. coaching football, but still. Shit. They, they better hope that he's been in his office. It sounds like he doesn't go into the football offices ever. He's probably been at his house working on his farm. So, we know awful. guns at O-State is so perfectly on brand for <laughs> for Gundy. What would be Lincoln's? Like, go, gone fishing or, like, Heisman at OU.edu? Or, like, what, what, what is Lincoln's obvious email? Raider Rash sixty nine <laughs> with the with the N O one pick at OU dot edu one of one at OU dot edu yeah not the stitter <laughs> I don't think he's gonna do that one that'd be a good one though <laughs> Rona free at OU dot edu there you go two weeks of zero. 
don't know. We should ask him. Yeah, maybe he, maybe some sort of tribute to Twelfth Man. I mean, something you know. Twelfth Man, Sully sucks. Fan. Sully sucks at OU edu. <laughs> how many? How many? I mean, like that's the other thing. Like, how many times can they have? I, I'm so sick, and I follow everyone all over. What well, used to be the conference, and for some reason, I still follow a bunch of A and M beat writers. But how many damn rallies can they have over that statue? Just, I still don't understand what exactly, like, I, I don't understand what's going on there, I guess. I don't care to talk about it. It's just so stupid. Okay. He was a confederate. It just looks like a bunch of racists to me, but that's just, that's my personal opinion. It's, 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 it's a bad optic. Yeah. Like, it's just bad. I think that's probably the best way to say it. I'm, hey. su- I'm sure that if Kendall Daniels went to A&M, his his air quote hosts kept him away from that statue. I I've said it before, I think privately, I mean, but I don't think there was a team less excited for their fans, uh, and not all of them, but a good portion of them to really get to know their players. Like those are two groups that probably were best as far as football programs, self interest, best kept apart. <laughs> Yeah, when that one guy said, are you a Blackie or are you an Aggie? Oh, my God. How about the uh, the, the Maroon Lives Matter uh, sign that people were holding up? Yeah. It's, no. Uh, no, it's, that. all that stuff has been, yeah. Tradition oh, matters Jesus. signs. Because, I mean, when you're, I mean, God, and that's so on break. Like, we we believe you're born Aggie. You're born, you're born, it's in your blood. Like it's not really. You made the choice to go to A and M. You 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 made that choice for yourself. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And you know, speaking Jeez. of A uh, and M, I saw Chuck Carlton throw it out there yesterday. A and M and Tech should play this year. That's the safest thing that we could do from a football perspective. They don't even have to fly from Lubbock to College Station or College Station to Lubbock. All right, I'm done. Okay. All right. I think we're done too. I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, thanks for everybody for uh, tuning in again this week. And thanks for uh, all you guys uh, supporting the site at Soonerscoop.com. Um, we do still expect to have football. Uh, workouts are ongoing. Recruiting, uh, as we said, uh, picking up even on Sunday. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the big camp going on in Durant. We'll have full coverage of that as well. So uh, until next week for Josh, for Eddie, for Bob. Thanks to everyone for joining us, and we'll see you back here next week on the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.